here with our guest, Chinamuram. Hey, Chinis, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing good, well. Thank good. you thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Thank you for coming. Um, Chinis also has his own podcast, but we're going to get to that. I want him to give an intro of himself because only he can do it as perfectly as better than I can, rather. Um, I've known Chinis for 10 years. Um, it's a very long time. More than 10 years, I think. More than, More 10, than 10 years. I More than yeah. 10 years. Like both. Yes. Yes, we were very, very young. Um, and I've always looked up to you. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I've always thought you were so smart and you've always handled yourself so well. So when I found out that we were both on this like pre-med journey, I was like, I need to have you here to talk about how you are currently in your process, how you're applying to med school. But we'll get into all of that. Firstly, how are you? How are you doing? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so like, firstly, you're very kind. I, I didn't even know any of that, like, you know, that, that you admire me and everything. So thank you. Um, so my name is Chinamaram. Uh, like Norma said, my name, my nickname is Chini. So that's why she's calling me Chinese. Um, right now, I am a research coordinator at the Massachusetts General Hospital. So in the cardiology division of that hospital. And I graduated in 2020 with a BS in biology. And um, I'm trying to go to med school as well. I you know, I will be applying in this next cycle. So that's May, like this, May 20, this 2022, 2023 cycle. And um, definitely looking forward to it. It's, it's definitely good to be an experience and I can't wait to, to get started. Yeah, we're, we're rooting for you, of course. Um, I guess the biggest thing, the first thing that I usually ask everyone is why medicine, especially why MD, why this MD path? So it's funny, like, I think starting off, like, this started obviously when I was a lot younger. Funny enough, I actually enjoyed really going to the, I, I really enjoyed going to the hospital, which is weird. Like I, not like I liked falling sick, like the feeling of being sick. Yeah, not like I liked being sick, but then I like falling sick just so I could go to the hospital. So if I felt sick and I didn't go to the hospital, it wasn't as nice. But if I went to the hospital, then it was like, it was great. And I liked going to the hospital, especially because like it was, I felt like a sense of security there. Um, I felt this assurance that, you know, if I'm coming here because I'm sick, then, you know, when I'm leaving, that I'm going to feel better somehow because, you know, there would be like hope of, be, of being better after. Um, and so I looked up to physicians because I saw them as those people who basically gave me that hope that I was going to get better. Um, and over time, and funny enough, you know, I think for a lot of young black men, um, even in Nigeria, like I think Ben Carson was an influence early on. So like I read a few of his books and I was like, hmm, so I can actually do this. You know, this person that I saw, like, you know, the doctors that I went to in the hospital coupled with this, I'm like, I can actually do this. Um, and so I figured that, you know, at that point, that's when the idea started to, started to form. And then just throughout my life, different experiences growing up in Nigeria and also seeing that, you know, a lot can be done to care for people better and to deliver healthcare better. Um, that kind of refined it. And then also through experiences in college, um, I think especially, so I worked as a hospice volunteer in college and what that did for me is it kind of redefined medicine for me um, and helped me see the times where, you know, sometimes medicine does fail, you know, sometimes people don't always get better. Um, and that helped me see that you know, there's also another dimension to medicine, like the side that is more, you know, caring for people, even in their most vulnerable state, even if there's nothing you can do, just being the, uh, like the voice of of hope or being like, you know, you know, the only real sunlight or like, you know, the, the very dark days while in those conditions. Um, so I think that helped me kind of see medicine in a more 
I would say mature life because growing up, I was like, I can save everybody. But like, you know, that's not always the case. So I think that's what that did for me. And, you know, I'm going into medicine, you know, just because I hope to to be that, you know, ray of sunlight for people. Yeah, and I love that you said that ray of sunlight because that's, that's definitely something that I also, I emulate, I want to emulate as well in my path. Um, and like you said, when we grow, when we're younger, we think we can heal everybody. But then it comes yeah. to the realization that I can be intentional and purposeful in one path and just make as big of an impact in this field. Um, so now you have this idea, you have this dream. Let's talk about concrete things and you actualizing this plan that you have. Um, dreams are wonderful, but actions are even better. Um, so now you walking in this path, um, I'm sure it's already been a journey for you as a pre-med student. So what are the, some things that you did MCAT-wise, preparing your personal statement, getting those letter of recommendations? How was that process for you? So it was definitely, it wasn't easy. Um, it's a, it's a long process. It's actually, you know, if you're counting undergrads, it's like a four-year process, the process of, you know, going to class and actually trying to learn the things that are eventually going to show up on the MCATs, you know, building relationships with professors so as to get, like, good recommendations. Um, I think a big plot, like, if there's any parts of this that's, like, crucial, I think it's planning, you know? So I think knowing early on that I... You know, I wanted to go to med school health because it kind of helped me chart out like my path to that point. Um, and another thing, of course, is like discipline. I'm sure we might talk about this a bit more later, but like discipline and, you know, deciding, OK, what do I want to do? And then being able to turn down the noise, you know, in the background, because me personally, this was a challenge, especially for me, because a lot of my friends weren't pre-med. So it's like they're like engineers and their realities are like very different. Um, and so being able to decide that, okay, I know that tech is very enticing, you know, engineering can be very enticing, that like straight to, straight to my career, like just going out of college straight into that career, like it was very enticing, but also like realizing that, okay, the hope that I had as a child and, you know, carrying that over to college and letting that manifest there, um, I think that definitely helped with the discipline side of it. Um, and so far, you know, it's been it's been difficult. Um, I think I think definitely something that's very helpful is okay. So I mentioned planning. Another thing is like having a group of friends who are pre meds, right? And I say this as someone actually who didn't have a lot of pre med friends, so I know how essential it would be. So I took a lot of my core pre med classes on my own. So like going to class, studying on my own, no study groups or whatnot, and. I think it would have been a lot more enjoyable if I had people who were, you know, um, who were pre-meds as well. And obviously there's a caveat to that in the sense that I think too many pre-meds can be bad because I think in my experience, pre-meds can be like ultra competitive. And I think being in an, an environment where, you know, everyone's so competitive, it could, you know, dampen your spirits. So I think obviously having maybe one or two or three friends who are like pre-meds to like pick you up on those days when, when things get hard um, and, you know, just motivate you. I think doing things with people, with like a group of people, obviously makes the journey a lot more, a lot easier and a lot, um, a lot more enjoyable. I agree with everything you're saying. That's definitely something I wish I did differently in undergrad. So I was an engineer. My major, I was a biomedical engineer. So I 
big percent of the people in my circle are engineers. Yeah. And I have maybe, I can count the number of people on my fingers that were pre-med like me, but they were in a completely different major and we would only hang out in like social settings and then study together maybe once or twice. So I almost yeah. felt like similarly like isolated. And now even like as 20s is such an interesting time because there's so many people who are launched into their life who have stable jobs and stable income yeah. or even doing things that were like we're still very that. much we're still very much studying every day or in the books or applying to things or just trying right. to be, yeah we're still even building ourselves financially now um yeah. the word that i always think of is like it's like delayed gratification um yeah. which can be hard when people are blossoming in a, in a space that you want to be in right now so yeah, it can definitely be tough. That's so the friends thing. I wish I definitely did that. More people to hold me accountable and also to just be on that path with me as well. Um, and I think that's a good segue to like sacrifice. The delayed gratification thing is also a big thing. How do you deal with um, the sacrifices you've already made as a pre-med student? Um, you're still at the, at the earlier stages of your journey as a physician. And so there's definitely a lot more sacrifice on the way, you know, missing out on things, which can never be easy. I'm sorry. <laughs> which which cannot be easy so like why why would you want to be in a space where you know this sacrifice that is that you've already had to commit to and that you're already going to commit to in the future all right so first of all i just want to i just want to say for anyone listening that you know i don't think it's possible to do anything of consequence without ever like having this feeling of you know am i doing this right am i like on the right path you know because I think when you're doing something that you've never done before and, you know, if you are coming from a place where people, you know, in your family or something haven't like done the thing that you're doing before, it's very easy to question the path you're on and to wonder if the difficulty you are experience is, um, is a sign of, you know, things not going to work out in the, in, like in the end. Um, and I think that feeling is natural. That's just why I want to say that it's natural and it's how you deal with that feeling that matters. And for me personally, I have definitely had my own fair share of, you know, doubts about this, you know, like when I was studying for the MCAT and I'm not leaving the house, I'm like on Saturday when everybody's having fun, like I'm taking like eight hour exams, like that sort of thing, or like Sunday, same thing. Um, definitely those times were times where I was like, oh, I could go and learn how to code, you know, <laughs> I could actually, it's not too late to, it's not too late to learn how to, it's not, learn, too, late. You know? it's not too late to learn Python. So it's like, there were times like that, but I think what really helped me is firstly having people around me who've been there, you know, from like the starts, uh, so like what you'd call day ones, you know, of course my family, but also friends that I went to high school with, you know, like having people that can remind me, okay, but you know, this was you then, you know, I heard you talking about this then and you sounded so passionate. So like, and they caused me to look deeper as to why I felt the way I felt in those different moments. Um, and calling me back exactly to, so, okay, where did this start? Like, what's the reason? Um, and I think all going off of that is, you know, somebody told me this, like a friend of mine I was talking to told me this, like, you have to have, like, a North Star. Like, you know, on the compass, it's like, you know, if you veer, veer off directions, like, it's always going to lead you pointing back to the North, right? So I think if you have your North, you know, your true North, like, it's like, I want to be this. I want, I want to live my life this way. This is what I want to do. Um, I think definitely if there's any point where you're veered off track slightly, I think you always come back. 
Um, and obviously doing that on your own is never possible. That's why you know, going back to my first point, having people is such a huge thing. Um, and another thing even is like social media. I think seeing doctors, people who've like progressed. And that's why I think, you know, what you're doing right now is, is really great because I think seeing people who are like farther along in the journey, who are like living testaments of things that you want to be. I think seeing those people also adds to, um, adds some validity to like what you feel, but also like some validity to the journey that you're on because you're like, like I see these people, they're having like great, um, they're having like, it seems like they're having great lives and you know, they're having like impacts on like levels that I want to have impact on. And it's like, they're doing all these things after sacrificing, you know, I think that kind of, that makes you feel like the sacrifice will be worth it in the end. Um, so I think all these things just come together to, um, and they've helped me so far to, to at least last this long. And I, by God's grace, you know, I'm able to see it to the end. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And like I said earlier, I keep saying we're all rooting for you. Me personally, I'm rooting for you. Um, thank you. So, yes. I'm rooting for you too. Oh, thank you. You've talked Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, we talked about uh, your path. We talked about things that you wish you had done differently, things you're currently doing right now. Uh, another thing you're currently doing right now, in addition to applying and everything like that, is you've also created a podcast um, called Where the Health Are We? Uh, you and your friend, um, Brian Fletcher, have co-produced this podcast to share information, tips, and the history of the healthcare of Africa um, with a lot of insightful and a lot of insightful interviews with some really powerful people. Recently, you spoke with Dr. Kasia um, about a initiative in Malawi. I would love for you to talk about it and tell us also why you decided to start this podcast and what your hope is for the future with, with regards to building this podcast. Yeah. So Dr. Cassia is the country director for a nonprofit called Village Reach in Malawi. And we interviewed him because we wanted to talk about public-private partnerships and how that's factoring into the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. And what Village Reach does in Malawi is, I think, very powerful because they try to build healthcare systems from the ground up. So they empower healthcare, healthcare workers and they also um, strengthen supply chains. So trying to get vaccines from you know, overseas where they come from to the people in, you know, rural settings. And they've done this in different ways. If you want to hear more about that, check the episode on all platforms. Yes. Um, but the podcast really came from out of a place of curiosity. I think I've always wanted to learn more, but I just didn't know how to go about it. And at the same time, I started to get into podcasts and I realized how easy podcasts are to listen to, how digestible the content is, and how much of a base they give me to explore more things that I learn. Um, and so I figured, you know, I have the time now, so I might as well do this. And even on a, on a larger level, on like a grander level, I think solutions come, solutions to the problems that we experience in life and just, you know, as a world, as a society, they come when we understand the issues, you know, and I think Africa has for a very long time been this, you know, this dark place where you don't, like this very nebulous space where you don't really know what's happening. You know, you don't really understand how things are or why they are the way they are. You just know that, you know, they're bad, but you don't understand how they're bad or why they're bad. Um, and so I figured that, you know, I think starting a podcast where you're talking to the people who are on the ground, who have dedicated like days of their lives to, to different endeavors on the continent or to research, 
you know, I realized that speaking to the people will probably be a way to, you know, illuminate healthcare in Africa and like shed more light and um, help people to understand it. And the aim ultimately is to, you know, from understanding, I hope that translates into action. I know that, you know, in our world today, I think healthcare is usually, when it comes to innovation, healthcare is usually like lags behind, which is surprising because, you know, it's something that affects all of us. So I I'm trying to see if there's a way that, you know, we can inspire more people to uh, devote time and, you know, devote effort and energy into um, innovating in healthcare and finding ways to solve the healthcare issues that, you know, African, African countries face. Um, so that's the overarching idea of the podcast, essentially. Yeah. That was great. Um, the podcast is definitely booming. It's super insightful and there's definitely a lot of interesting tidbits there. Are there any episodes that you can share with us that are coming out in the future? Any exclusives that you can only hear at this podcast? Anything we should look forward to? I'd say I'd say um look forward to, to more written content, you know, so like, you know, coming as like newsletters. I think I think podcasts are definitely great, but then I think having something to write would give me a chance to look into certain things more extensively um, that I would than I would be able to do on like an episode. And also it would make it, there are people who prefer to read than to, you know, listen to stuff. So, you know, I think that would be another way to to cater to those people. Um, but that's that's all I'll say for now. There's, there's, there's other stuff, you know, and I think you just have to, watch this stay space. tuned to find out no problem so you heard it here first that was an exclusive okay <laughs> only available on this this podcast okay um yes that's awesome Chinis. the last thing i want to ask you is what is one thing that you're looking forward to in your next chapter of um your physician journey i'm sure definitely getting into med school is a big thing but like what are you looking forward to what dreams do you have that you're comfortable sharing with us what is something that you're excited to enjoy in this next chapter of your career as a physician or going to MD school? Um, so going into med school, I think I think one big thing for me is being around like-minded people, right? I think I think especially during this pandemic, I spent a lot of time on my own and it's given me a lot of time to reflect on the kind of person that I am and the kind of things that would the kind of spaces that I would like to thrive in and I can thrive in and, you know, the kind of spaces that I can also contribute to. Um, and I think, honestly, being in med school is unique because you're around people who are there for, like, like the focus is pretty singular. Like, everybody is there to um, learn this art of service, so to say. And everybody's there to learn how to make an impact on this, on, like, a broader scale, by God's grace. Um, and so being in that setting, I think all it does is inspire you to, to dream, you know, to inspire you to, to go out of your comfort zone and do things that are more challenging. And at the same time, inspire other people to do the same. Um, I think of, like, we went to Loyola, and I think Loyola was like a, was it like, in terms of like academic rigor, like it was pretty rigorous. And I think also being around people in Loyola who were like super driven, you know, I think what that did for me is that it's inspired me to like, you know, to not like settle for for less. You know, we called it magis, you know, going for the magis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, going for the magis. So going for the more. I think being around people who are like like minded now we does the same thing. And being in med school does that. So I'm looking forward to definitely looking forward to meeting people who are on the same journey, 
and carrying on on this journey mm-hmm. with, with them. Awesome, Chinaram. Um For the last time, I will say it over again, but we are still, we are so excited to see you grow, to see you succeed, to see you get into medical school, to see you become an MD, all of that. Um, My last, last question, I promise this is the last one, is what is a piece of advice, a piece of, um, a gem that you want to share with a high school student, a middle school student, or a undergrad student who is thinking about becoming an MD, um, but is having trouble deciphering if this is really the path that they want to commit to. Um, Someone maybe struggling with their MCAT, someone who is struggling with a low grade in high school or in in undergrad. Um, What is a piece of advice that you'd like to share with them? Um, So funny enough, like this is, I think this is a good question because I grew up being afraid of failing, right? And I and what this did to me is I didn't do things that I wanted to do simply because I knew that there was always the off chance that I would fail, right? And what this did for me is I ended up like at different points, I've regretted certain things because I'm like, because of that fear of failure, because of not doing things because of that fear of failure. And even on this path, I think there were points where you know, for instance, when I was studying for the MCATs and, you know, preparing for the MCAT, when I was like, I didn't want that. I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore. And it was simply because there was a chance of me not doing well on the MCATs. Mm. Um, and so if that's you, I would say, honestly, don't be afraid of failing. Um, I think, honestly, I think, I think growth really comes from embracing that we're not perfect at anything. You know, I think that takes a huge weight off of you. Um, and, Especially on this, like I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're doing anything of consequence, like there is always that risk of you failing. Like if you're doing something important, if you're doing something groundbreaking, if you're doing something unconventional by whatever standard, um, there's always a chance of failing. So I think firstly, just embrace that and, you know, then find a community, a community that can remind you that, you know, it's okay to be imperfect. And even when you're imperfect, it, all that really matters is, okay, what do I do next? You know, as opposed to my current situation. So that's all I'll say, like, it's okay to be imperfect, you know, just try not to sink into that feeling, you know, of um, of sadness that comes from being imperfect and just work on, you know, growth. 1% every day, that's what they say, 1% every day. Um, so that's, that's it, that's it for me. As a perfectionist who struggles with accepting failure, I really, really feel yeah, that. That's that really you were speaking to me. That really spoke volumes to me. Uh, imperfection is something that, especially when you were, when like I said, if you're a perfectionist and you really want to release perfect things or you want every iteration of what you do to be perfect, perfect. when you send something to failure, it's enough for to deflect you from your path entirely. Um, so I think you seeing that is really inspirational to me, and I'm definitely sure it's going to resonate with the people that are watching this as yeah. well. Um, yes. So thank you, Chinamara. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for dropping your gems, your knowledge, sharing an exclusive about your podcast day for newsletters from Where the Hell, Where the Hell Are We? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for being here. His podcast is available on Spotify and all other streaming services as well. Thank you, Chinese, for being here. Have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you another time. All right. You too.